It's unnecessary roughness. I think just, you know, getting closer as a group. You know, there's some new guys this year. Obviously, some of these guys are returning from last year, but uh, I'm big on the group atmosphere, you know, away from the field. How do you bond together? How do you talk to each other? I think those little things add up, and that gives you a better chance to win on Sundays. So, you know, we've done a lot of that this offseason and, and training camp, but there's always room to improve on that, and so we're always trying to do that stuff. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. As we kick off hour number three of the show, you hear Jimmy Garoppolo bringing us back right there, just talking about he's trying to be one of the guys. He's trying to bond, wants to play football, wants to get out there in the preseason action, but more importantly, just wants to bind and bond with the fellas, which is what they're doing in L.A. They had joint practices on Wednesday and today with the Rams in preparation for their game coming up on Saturday. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Join us now on the phone lines from USA Today is our good friend Tyler Dragon. And Tyler, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And I know that two days in a row you've been at different joint practices. When you go out to these practices uh, and you're seeing you know teams go up against other teams in pre- preparation for their, their preseason game, what exactly are you looking for? Well, I'm looking to see how the starters are performing because you really don't get a chance to see the starters and even some of the second-string players on some teams uh, play during the preseason. So I'm looking to see how they're winning their one-on-one matchups, how they're performing in seven-on-seven, and also the team drills. Um, I think those reps are vital and very important to how a team is going to uh, perform, uh, not only throughout the season, but how they're going to start, especially in the first you know quarter of the season. So I'm really looking to see how uh, each individual player, especially if you're a starter, how they are gelling, how they are competing and performing against some top-level competition from the opposing team. When you talk to coaches and when you talk to players and you're all over the NFL covering it like a glove, how do they feel about the joint practices as opposed to preseason games? <laughs> coaches uh, love it. They won't say that publicly, but <laughs> uh, they love it because they really get to measure their starters up and their key contributors up against the other team's uh, top players. Uh, I was watching yesterday with uh, the Raiders. You, you know, you see Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams going up against uh, the Rams' first stringers and, uh, and building a rapport together. Devontae Adams had a very uh, good day uh, yesterday against the, uh, the Rams' secondary. And I was at the Chargers and the Saints today, and you see a Saints defense kind of uh, stepping up uh, in the red zone against the Chargers. Um, first-team offense, and then the Chargers' first-team defense uh, really imposing their will against a Saints offensive attack with uh, Derek Carr and Alvin Kamara. So you really get to see those team-on-team, 11-on-11 matchups. And then the one-on-one drills are uh, must-see TV, too. A lot of, uh, you know, the casual fans don't get to see that. But when you see, you know, Keenan Allen going up against Lattimore or you know, uh, Devontae Adams going up against some of the, the Rams secondary players. You know, those are really uh, vital reps and reps that, you know, teams and players really need to prepare for the regular season. 
Tyler Dragon is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So going back to the Raiders and Rams on day one, uh, from all my uh, understanding, everything I've been told, the Raiders were kind of, I don't want to say sleepwalking, but it wasn't a very you know great practice for them on Wednesday. And then Max Crosby tried to wake them up with the little, you know, whatever, a little pushing and shoving that he got into with Cam Akers. Maybe a couple of fists were thrown, but no, you know, not really a big deal in my opinion. How much did you see from Max just trying to have that leadership and wake the, his guys up? So I will say before Max Crosby got kicked out of practice for his couple with Cam Akers, he was uh, easily the best player on the Raiders defense, and he was getting into the backfield and pressuring uh, Matthew Stafford pretty regularly. So he was making his presence known uh, in the short time while he was on the field. Um, as far as the Raiders' offense, I can tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Devontae Adams have already built a rapport. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> looked Devontae Adams' way early and often and sometimes even uh, force-fed uh, him when he wasn't uh, even open or when the uh, Rams had you know, slanted their coverage of that way. So I, I believe that that connection is going to be uh, rounding the form pretty early. Uh, but as far as the defense, I do think the Raiders need um, some extra help uh, playmakers on that defense. Now, it doesn't help that you don't have Chandler Jones uh, out there because of uh, due to an injury and, um, you know, some of the other secondary players aren't performing up to par. But I, I do believe that the Raiders, they'll be fine as long as they get a steady pass rush. And Max Crosby definitely needs some help. Well, one guy that's supposed to provide some help is the Raiders' first-round pick in Tyree Wilson. He actually was activated yesterday, to my surprise, was activated on the first day of joint practices. And I know he didn't you know, participate as far as team drills go, but I don't know. Did you get a chance to see him in, in just the individual drills? And if you did, what did you think of the young man? Yeah, you know, I did see him in the individual drills. And, you know, some of those, uh, you know, drills with just with uh, the Raiders. He really didn't go up against uh, the Rams and the one-on-one and was not out there during a uh, team uh, when I was out there yesterday. Uh, you can tell he was a, a, just a little bit rusty and kind of learning the NFL game a little bit, bit if you will, but I do see the potential is there, the size is there, the get-off, the speed. I just believe that he's going to need some time to get adjusted to the NFL game and then to knock that rust off, which is natural after missing all that time. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And I, he's a guy that I think the Raiders are going to try to bring along slowly, and I think that's okay because he's a long-term. He's not a right now. He's a long-term guy. And if he's right and if he's healthy, I think he could be a big-time player for the Silver and Black. Again, we're talking with Tyler Dragon from USA Today here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, intrigue us or entertain us. What, what did you see today from Saints and Chargers? Obviously, Raider Nation knows the Saints quarterback really well and Derek Carr. And, of course, the Chargers, they've got to play twice a year. Well, I, I will tell you this, that the Chargers' defense uh, won the day versus uh, the Saints' first-team offense. Uh, the time uh, when I was witnessing uh, that portion of practice, they had the um, offense and defense on um, opposite sides of the field. So when I was witnessing the Saints' offense go against the Chargers' defense, I saw a lot of times Derek Carr dumping it underneath to Alvin Kamara and wasn't really utilizing uh, his weapons on the outside, and that's attributed to the Chargers uh, secondary and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack uh, having their way. Now, I will say this 
though. As, as far as the Saints defense against uh, the Chargers, the Chargers were winning in the team drills. Um, but when the Chargers got in the red zone, their offense stalled a little bit. So the Saints had a kind of bend but don't break defense in, in those team drills. Uh, but the Chargers, they accumulated a lot of yards, but they had trouble getting in the end zone. So I would say overall it was probably a push. Uh, the Chargers won some, uh, and the Saints definitely won some. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, both teams bounce back and who wins uh, Thursday's practice. I know uh, as far as you know, the Raiders and the Rams, I, I believe the Raiders, from what I've been hearing, they had a, a bounce-back practice uh, mm-hmm. today when I thought the Rams kind of won the practice yesterday. So it's, it's interesting to see once teams watch the film – uh, see what they did wrong and learn uh, how they bounce back and prepare uh, the next day. You know, you mentioned the red zone, and we actually had someone hit us up on our don'tbebroke.com text line and ask about the red zone and mention the red zone because that's where the Raiders have struggled. How much do you learn about a team and maybe their red zone offense in these joint practices? Because, again, it's, it's, it's just training camp, so it's not like they're rolling out the whole, the whole playbook in the red zone. Uh, I mean, you learn a little, but you don't learn much because – uh, when teams run the football in the red zone, you're not really tackling and uh, right. bringing a ball carry to the ground. So say, you know, the Raiders try to run the ball or any team tries to, to run the ball, you really can't gauge how many yards the running back is going uh, to get. And then a lot of offenses, they're not going to, uh, you know, bring out their, their best stuff in the red zone. It's kind of some vanilla plays that they're running to, to see if it works. Um, but during the regular season, they're going to add a few more wrinkles uh, to get players open. So it's pretty much vanilla plays in the red zone, but you would like to see those basic plays uh, be successful. And for today, for the Chargers, they weren't really successful. So it's going to be interesting to see how they are tomorrow. But that's the same to be said with the Raiders and the Rams yesterday. In the red zone, the Raiders struggled yesterday, even uh, throwing the ball uh, to Devontae Adams, they struggled. Uh, the Rams did as well. Um, so teams typically struggle in the red zone, especially early on in the season and during training camp. That's prototypical, so is isn't anything to be alarmed about. As far as the Chargers go, I'm intrigued by this team because they have Kellen Moore now as their offensive coordinator, and, and Justin Herbert, oh, by the way, got the bag this offseason. So how do you think that this Chargers team kind of shapes up? How do you think this offense is going to operate and look like, what it looks like with Kellen Moore calling the shots? I expect Justin Herbert to be on the move a lot more this season, uh, using his legs, and I expect a more aerial attack with uh, Herbert pushing the ball down the field. He has one of the strongest arms in the National Football League, and it was really a shame that last season he was dinking and dunking uh, for the most part in uh, the Chargers' offense. I do believe with uh, Kellen Moore, he's going to open up the offense a little bit more, um, add some more versatility, and also push the ball down the field. And I think if Chargers are able to do that with their explosive weapons on the outside. They're going to be one of the better teams in the AFC, if not all the NFL. If they're not that team, especially if the defense doesn't step up, is this the year that the Chargers say, all right, Brandon Staley, thanks, but no thanks, and have to let him go? That's a good question. I I do think there's pressure on uh, Brandon uh, Staley this year to uh, improve all last year's performance and uh and in order to do that the Chargers have to 
be in the playoffs once again and actually win a playoff game and not collapse uh, from a 27-point <laughs> lead. So I, I I believe there's pressure on Brandon Staley. However, I do know uh, the Spanos family is going to give him kind of a long leash because the Chargers have improved, albeit uh, moderately, uh, from when he uh, first started and got the coaching job. Tyler Dragon from USA Today is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I wanted to shift over to the Denver Broncos, also in the AFC West. Sean Payton now is the head coach. I've talked a lot today about culture and standards being raised. How quickly do you think Sean Payton can do just that, change the culture in Denver and raise the standards? I think it takes a few years to fully change a culture in an organization. Um, I believe Sean Payton has his hands full this year with the Denver Broncos. They already um, have been hit with the injury bug at receiver. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, might be a little bit past his prime last year. He's learning an entirely uh, new offense, and he's going to have to be able to you know, adapt and it's going to be up to Sean Payton to kind of cater to his skill set. Uh, in Seattle, Russell Wilson uh, improvised a lot and kind of played off script. Uh, last season with the Broncos, they wanted him to be unscripted and not improvised, but that's not Russell Wilson's strong suit. So is Sean Payton going to be able to draw up a game plan and build an offense that allows Russell Wilson to be Russell Wilson? That's going to uh, determine in large part if they're going to be successful. But with the Broncos, you have to look at the division they're in and the conference that they're in. And they have a gauntlet <laughs> yeah. uh, of a conference that, that uh, go through not only their division with quarterbacks of Justin Herbert's caliber and Patrick Mahomes' caliber. You can make a, a fair argument that Russell Wilson is the third best quarterback, could even be fourth best, uh, <laughs> what uh, Raiders fans would say. So they have their hands full uh, cut out for them. I do like the Broncos' defense, but they're going to need to score points, and they had the worst offense in the NFL last season. Yeah, there's a lot of work that has to be done in Denver. I think Sean Payton's the right guy for the job, but I just don't think it happens just by snapping your fingers, right? It's going to take some time. It's got to build that thing up. And so Sean Payton, like I said, has his work cut out for him. As far as the Indianapolis Colts go, I have to ask you about this. What in the world, how do you see this this situation playing out between Jim Ursay, Jonathan Taylor, one day he's in camp, next day he's leaving, next day he's back, next day he's gone. What's Make some sense of this, Tyler. Man, I, I really do feel sorry for the running backs. They touch the football the second most of any other uh, position, and they're really not getting paid because NFL owners and GMs look at their uh, shelf life and saying we, it's only a few years and then we're going to draft another guy. But when you look in the case of Jonathan Taylor, I think he has some leverage because he really is that Colts offense, you look at their receiving courts, yes, they have Michael uh, Pittman Jr., but outside of him, it's really not much else. And Jonathan Taylor is their offense, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. A rookie quarterback's best friend um, is a running back who can run between the tackles and can get you first down, get three, four, five yards of carry, and Jonathan Taylor is that guy. So the Colts desperately need Jonathan Taylor to be the workhorse running back that he is, and it, it will also help Anthony Richardson's learning curve um, as a rookie. 
What do you think he's going to do as a rookie? I mean, he's getting the start. Some people say it's too soon. Some people say, well, what do they have to lose? Throw him into the mix. How do you think Anthony Richardson does this year? Well, if they have Jonathan Taylor, I think uh, he'll be perform better. <laughs> but, uh, I do believe that he is a little bit raw. He's going to have his growing pains. Um, he's going to have a tough time, you know, being able to – quickly process what he's seen in the defense and uh, reading defenses and that's with all rookies no matter you know how talented you are it's going to take some time to really learn how to play NFL quarterback at a high level especially with how fast the game is going compared to college and Anthony Richardson was you know raw in college and he relied on his athletic ability you could only do that so much in the NFL when teams are game planning um against you each and every week so he's going to have to you know learn slowly and Colts fans and I know the coaches are going to expect they're going to be some growing pains but it's going to be very very important for the Colts to have a player like Jonathan Taylor in there to help bring Anthony Richardson along because when Anthony Richardson is struggling throwing the football the, the best thing to do is to hand it off to an MVP caliber running back like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, Tyler, we'll close things out with this. Last year we thought the AFC West was going to be the best division in football. It wasn't, right? It turned out to be the Chiefs and everybody else. This year I believe it's going to be the AFC North. It looks like everyone in the North is a really good team. How do you look at that division? How do you Who do you think is the best? Is it still Cincinnati's division, or do the injuries of Joe Burrow concern you a little bit? I believe Joe Burrow is going to be a healthy week one. However, okay. I think – do have an inkling that the Baltimore Ravens are going to win that division. Mm. However, I have the Cincinnati Bengals being a wild card team, but the Ravens went into the AFC North. I like the Ravens in that division as well. I like this new offense with Todd Monken and Lamar Jackson's happy. He got the bag and he's got some weapons around him. So I'm very intrigued to see what that looks like. Well, Tyler, fantastic stuff as always, my man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so I just had a story on uh, the Rams and the Raiders joint practice that published today, and I'm actually covering a little bit of uh, track and field this weekend with nice. the World Championships going on. So I, I'm going to have a recap of the women's and men's 100-meter finals uh, this weekend. And then since I'll be at joint practice tomorrow as well with the Chargers and Saints, I'll have something coming your way next week from that practice as well. Getting back to your roots, huh? The old track and field roots are coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, track and field is my first love, so I got to do some uh, work on track and field, too. There you go. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at you, man. Do your thing. I definitely appreciate you. Great stuff as always, and we'll catch up soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too, brother. There he goes. Tyler Dragon, the Tyler Dragon on Twitter. You can check him out. Track and field. Why well, ran no track and field in a long time? <laughs> I ran track and field when you didn't have to have skill to run track and field, all right? All you had to do was be fast. <laughs> I, had, I had no technique. I had no nothing, man. I just was fast. So I was like, oh, I got this. I got this. So I still couldn't make it because the no skill thing, I, I, I'm good. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not fast. No, but you know, in track and field, man, if you're good, and I mean good, right? I ain't talking about me. I'm talking about like real, like Tyler was fantastic at, at track and field. Like that was his thing. Right, he was phenomenal. College was paid for because of track and field for Tyler Dragon. So that's how good he was. I wasn't that guy. All I was was fast. <laughs> that's all I was. It's like, hey man, you want to run? Just yep, just run. <laughs> like they all bend over and get to a certain thing. You know, you gotta gotta time it and everything. Gotta work your arms there. I was just like, I'm just gonna run. I'm good. I'm just gonna take off and hope for the best.
<laughs> it works out sometimes. I guess it worked for you. Yeah, it, didn't work, very, it didn't work very long, ah. brother. It didn't work. That's, That's why right. I switched to baseball. I was like, you know what? I know where I can be fast at and work. Get your Ricky Henderson yeah, on. Yeah, get my Ricky Henderson on. Exactly right. Stop at first base and steal every other base. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I got the receipts to prove that, so I'm good. <laughs> Vegas right? Chess. I do. I got them. I got the newspaper still, and nobody even has papers. I do. That is pretty cool. I believe you. <laughs> I even in my profile picture so. on Twitter, it's my baseball card when I was a kid. I was playing with the Reds. That's my that's my baseball. That's my uh, profile picture on on uh, Twitter. I just I found it. I don't know what made the conversation come up one day here on the show, but it came up about me playing baseball, this, that, and the other. And as soon as I got off the air, I was like, "Wife, wife, where's my baseball card?" And the only reason I have it, I swear to 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 Jesus, the only reason I even have my baseball card is because my dad saved everything. My dad's one of those that saves those kind of things because, hey, you know, this will be a great memory when you get older. Yeah. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I don't have none of that stuff. He brought my baseball card. He brought the newspaper cutout that said, you know, what I did my first day of baseball, like all that. So I have those records, but it's only because of him. <laughs> it ain't because I held on to him because uh, he, he did. So as soon as we wrapped up that conversation, again, I have no idea how this conversation even came up on the air, but I went looking for it. I was like, wife. Where's that box my dad brought? Where's that box my dad brought? And the box was missing. So I was like, I was getting angry, right? I'm start, you know how when you start to get hot, you start to feel some type of way? I was like, wait a minute. Someone took my box and threw it out. Hold on. Wait a minute, right? Because yep. I'm thinking that I ain't got no evidence that I was really good at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that why, that's why. Nothing no, about is. the that's nostalgia, all... nothing else. No, but, no. I don't, I don't care about the nostalgia. The I just, just want to have the evidence, right? Because, like, DeMond has, right. DeMond has no record of ever playing basketball. He says he did this, but there's no record whatsoever of him ever even picking up a basketball. I won't be that guy, right? If I say I did something, there's got to be a record of it somewhere. Everything wasn't good, right? I talk about when I played defensive back and I got beat bad. I got beat. It was bad. I was angry. <laughs> but I got beat, and it's all film. I know I did go look on YouTube, and I couldn't find it, but that's okay because it's, it's a bad highlight. But whatever. So anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. You got quite an ego. No, <laughs> no it's not. It's not I'm even playing. that. I know. It's I know. Just, it's, hey, I see that the strays Demond catches too. I get it. You can't. You got to talk a good game. You got to have it. You know. You got to have that proof. I mean, if you're going to say that you're the captain of the team, but ain't nobody ever right? seen you on the court, I and mean, you'll get ridiculed for a year. What? What's been about what a year? What captain and a half? have you? Okay, let me ask you this. <laughs> and I don't mean to just fire slugs at him, but what? What captain have you ever met that had never seen the, the court? Hmm. I mean, come on. I'm I'm thinking like some funny movie or something. I mean, there's yeah, no nothing captain. in real life. There's yeah, exactly. There's no captain of any team that's never seen the court. And his best friend, not my words, we had his best friend in his words on the air. Her name was Kayla. She joined the show. So I've heard. And I asked straight up, "Hey, so Demond said he was the captain of the basketball team. You've been best friends with him for however long? How good of a basketball player was?" And she said, "I don't even remember ever seeing him on the court." That was her words, not mine. I didn't make this stuff up. I, I guarantee you, you call my friends back in, when I grew up and went to school, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he played. Now, he didn't do anything in, in class. He was terrible in school, but he played. He was an athlete. He just couldn't study worth a damn. But I'll admit that. 
<laughs> yeah, that's rough. I'll I, be the first to admit that. I mean, like like I told you, I played I've played a few different sports, but nothing like there's just nothing really that the basketball is about as good as it gets for me. If I'm being honest, like I never did anything outside of what a normal kid would do. You know, that didn't play sports past a certain point. Right. And uh, that's why I never talk about it because because <laughs> I have receipts and it's not good. So yeah. So I just I, don't bring it up. So I would suggest maybe Demond, if you're listening, which you're not, maybe don't bring that stuff up. <laughs> oh man, he he don't care. He he loves bring every other people of it. into it. That's he, rough. he loves every minute of it. I'll tell you, man. Take any me, publicity is good publicity. That's, yeah, and and, that's, and, and that's there's the some theme. truth to that at times. But me and Vegas Jess and, and Jason, we went out to the batting cages, man, just a couple weeks ago. And I'll tell you, it was rough at first, right? Trying to get that swing back was rough, but oh, once we got it back, I, I felt pretty good. Vegas Jess was slapping that ball around. The, yep, yep, yep. I mean, he got comfortable. He started. He even got. He even got cocky, man, and, and switched to the left side. Oh. Started hitting left-handed. I was like, okay, hold on, I see you. He's like, takes a video of this cue. I was like, all right, all right, let me back up, dog. Let me get you. Like he pushes off in football, but he was really good <laughs> in baseball. He really was. Even Jason, to my surprise, because Jason, I, I kind of look at Jason and you. I think that you guys ain't athletic at all. But Jason was good. Jason started wrapping the ball. He almost hit me in the head with one. We had to. <laughs> we were doing self pitching. But you know, you put it in the machine. You put the ball in the machine, and it pitches it. Uh, but yeah. you, yeah, but you have to sit behind the the net and actually pitch it. Well, he hit one, ah, hit it hard, man. And all, all I know is it went up in the air, and I didn't see it. So I was like, oh well, it's gonna, you know, whatever. That thing must have landed right next to me. If it if it had been over just a little bit, it would have hit me right in my head. And those those balls that they hit you, they give you with in the yeah. in the batting cage, they're not soft. You don't want none of that. <laughs> no. So I mean, he might have put a hole in my dome, but he didn't because he didn't hit me. But, yeah, man, that was fun. We're going to do that again. They haven't – I don't know why they haven't picked up the phone and, and accepted the invitation, but I think this weekend on Sunday you should come out. Now, we're not going to put you in the cage, but you should come out. I will think about it. Yeah, you ain't going. <laughs> I, you ain't I, going. I, I'm, I honestly, on the spot, I legit – I think I have plans Sunday. I'm just trying – it's been a long week, man. I just – anyway. Man, you think that you have plans every single Sunday through 2032. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it on the break here. That we're all right. Like I said before, you're you're like my buddy, man. Hey, man, you gonna come through? Yeah, I'm gonna try. Think about I'm it. I'm gonna try. That means you ain't coming. Four twenty-five is the time. We'll get back to your calls and texts. Plus, we've got reason or excuse on the way. Ari is full of excuses. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. I can give you guys a play, and then if you guys want to repeat it after me, as if you guys were in the huddle, you guys can. Should I go once or twice saying it? Once? All right, we got North Right, Clamp, South Fox, H Top, Pass 38, Top Gumby, XP, Sweat. Let's go. Anyone? (laughs) Yeah, sounds sounds like a pre-snap penalty to me. Oh, my gosh. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa right there. Having a little fun with the media. Rolling out a play. I hope that wasn't a real play. <laughs> I hope that wasn't a real play. He rolled out a play right there. You leaving, wife? Be safe. Wife's going to the gym, everybody. Just saying. Is that a play? Yeah. Leaving wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a play. Leaving wife. Sound wife like going a... to the gym on three. Leaving wife. Wife going to flee. Or no, remember, remember back in, uh, a couple years ago when when uh, when it was the COVID, when it was the pandemic, and there was no fans in the stands, and Derek Carr called out Carr, a play, yeah. and then he uh, and then he called out an audible. Cindy Gruden, Cindy Gruden. Yes, that Cindy is actually Gruden. what I was trying. To, I couldn't remember what he said, but I was yeah. trying to kind of relate the two. So thank yeah, you. no doubt. So that was just an audible I just called. Oh, Wife yeah. is leaving for the gym. Wife's leaving for the gym on three. What? What? <laughs> I guess that means we're playing. Uh, we're going to see some text here. Right. No, no, there's doubt about that. But yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of cool from Tua. I also like that. Uh, what was that? Uh, some uh, some rose. Some here Miami, I am. Miami, you know. 
Yeah, I like it. I like yes, it. Yes, yeah. it was. That was that was the track right Ricky there, Ruffs. man. That was man. That was the that was a good one. Good job. I like that. You're not too bad on the wheels of steel. You know, on the court, on the field, <laughs> anything like that, you're not worth the salt. But on the wheels of steel, you all right. Yep. You all right. Make up for it. That's my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, Studio Q. Uh, got a couple texts I wanted to get you real quick. We were talking about standards and culture, and if you're starting to see a shift or believe a shift in the changes happening with the silver and black. This one from the oh from Mark in Jersey said, I believe it has changed, but it needs to translate to wins on Sundays. Let's walk the walk. That's Mark in Jersey. And, yeah, I agree 100%. And that's how we kind of, you know, leaned into this this conversation is, yeah, it's it's great to – Make the standards higher. Raise the standards. Raise the bar. It's great to shift the culture and start to get into, you know, that that different mentality than what it's been for a long time. But at the end of the day, you've got to go out there and get it done on the field as well. None of this tr- guarantees that they're going to go win nine, ten games. I just feel like it gives them a chance to go out there and be the best that they can be. Because again, the standard is we've got to play at a high level each and every time we hit the hit the grass, and. We should be winning games, and you have to do everything that you're supposed to be doing at, at, You know the, the way you're supposed to be doing it. There's no cheating it, right? If you practice, if you cheat it in practice, guess what's going to happen? You're going to cheat it in the game. If you're not going and doing what the, the right things in practice to develop those habits, and look, one of those habits that the Raiders are doing in practice that I see and I've seen through, since training camp has started is just the habit of punching the ball out or attempting to punch the ball out. And that's what got Max and Cam Akers into it, is Max continuing to go and, and punch at the ball. And it was after the play, but that's what he did. But that's what they do in practice. They do that in practice. Every time someone has the ball in their hands, at least three or four guys are trying to punch that thing out, even after the play is over. If you're near that ball, you're trying to punch it out. That's what they do. Well, Max did it because, one, he was frustrated because the, the, the practice wasn't going the way it was supposed to. He was doing his thing, but the rest of the team wasn't, so – he punched at the ball. Cam Akers didn't like it. Max took exception to that. And they had a they, you know, a little little pushing and shoving, a little brouhaha, but it wasn't that serious. Right? But it kind of fired the team up a little bit. And that was the purpose of, of doing that. So yeah, you're absolutely right, Mark. Like everything sounds good, but until there's W's in the win column, you check the, the W in the win column, it doesn't it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's not something to you know, write home about and, and, and praise the team about. They've got to turn that culture change and that standard shift. They've got to do that and turn that into wins. You're absolutely 100% correct about that. Uh, let's see. We got uh, another text from Mailman Raider talking about DeMond. Maybe DeMond was the captain of the bench players. <laughs> he can't catch a break, man. <laughs> I'm not getting any texts about my so, – so there you go. Think no, I'm I mean, doing... everybody knows. Everybody knows <laughs> you're uh, – you know, your that's, what I, that's my point. I'm saying DeMond's doing this all wrong, going about it all the wrong way. Right. No, you're right about that. <laughs> Sal hit us him. up from Arizona. He said, LOL, track and field. When I was in middle school, I was I was, uh, I was was make it to the state. Oh, I'd, I'd make it to state in the 400 meter. Only reason I made it is because no one competed against me to get there. LOL, fake it till you make it. Needless to say, I was second to last, but I had a personal, a personal best. Salute. Go Raiders, our personal record there. That's from Sal in Arizona. And, yeah, like I said, man, when I did track and field, I won just because I was fast. I didn't win because I was good. I was I was just different. Like, hey, go. All right, I'm going. Right? And I only ran the races I could win, too, by the way. I never set myself up for something I was going to lose. Like, I didn't run long distance because I knew I couldn't do that. I was not that guy. I was the slowest mile, even in PE in school. When they would give you those tests that you had to get a certain a certain time, 
They'd be like, all right, what's the what's the certain time you got to get to pass this this test in PE? They'd be like, oh, well, you got to make it in like, I don't know, seven minutes or whatever the case was. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to get in just under that. Whatever it is, I'm going to do. And I would run slow. I would run the slowest mile possible where I wasn't last, but I wasn't good because I hated running long distance. But, man, you get me in a 40-yard dash or a 100-yard dash, I'm straight. I'm good, right? It's, it's, it's quick, easy, to the point. Boom. Go. I'm gone. <laughs> There's one speed. You don't have to, you don't have to try to, to uh, you know, pace yourself. You don't have to do anything. It's one speed. Go. That's it. Once you go, and you're done. That's all you had to do. So I was good with that. All right, you don't know nothing about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, another text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Talk Q. about the mom again. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, I know when I see excellence and a high standard, what Coach McDaniels and GM, Ziegler, uh, GM Dave Ziegler are doing, these are steps in the right direction to a winning organization. I know all about accolades, winning, and fame. Sincerely, DeMond's high school basketball career. <laughs> Ari asked for DeMond, uh, another text to DeMond, and we got one. Man, can you shall receive? This dude's ears have <laughs> got to be ringing and burning right now. He loves He's, it. You know, he could technically access this if he uh, jumps through a couple hoops. So, I mean, not really. All he's got to do is just click over. I'm well, sure that there's not a lot, a lot of, hoops of text for him. Maybe wow. it's a basketball. Wow, oh, firing shots. Pun. Man, firing so shots. If he really wants to hear his name, he nah, these are great. <laughs> That's, this is that's great. A good. That's a good one right there from Sir Whiskey Ray. Let's go ahead and hear from head coach Josh, Josh McDaniels. You have some uh, reason or excuse on the way, and you will close out the show with that. But Coach McDaniels met with the media earlier today before practice, and uh, we took a couple of the sound bites that we wanted to bring to you. And the first one was just comparing the days, what he was wanting to see from practice today as opposed to what he saw on Wednesday. Just I think this a uh, normal uh, joint practice. Um, we, you know, I, I'm, if that's if that's what they said, then you know, obviously they they uh, they set a high standard for themselves and our team, and we're trying to, to build to that. So, um, you know, I don't think it was um, I don't think we would have ever assumed to come out here in the first day against a new team. You know, just do everything perfectly. They're a good football team. They got a lot of good players, and they're well coached. So, um, you know, hopefully we can see some improvement today. And they did. They saw improvement, which is a good thing. We talked to Vinny Bonsignor in the first uh, hour of the show. And really, man, if you uh, didn't hear that interview, go back to LVSportsNetwork.com, especially the end of it when we were talking about standards and culture and what he said that someone in the Rams organization, someone that he's very familiar with. And look, Vinny knows the guys in L.A., right? He knows the guys in the, in the Rams organization. They had some pretty high, high praises for the Raiders. Not saying that, you know, they're a Super Bowl team, but – Compared to what they were, and the Rams saw the Raiders just last year, compared to where they were to where they are right now, they had some good things to say about the silver and black. So if you missed that, check it out, lvsportsnetwork.com. Right after the show, Ari will podcast it, put it out, and uh, it'll be in podcast form as well. You can hear the whole, uh, the whole show if you missed any of it that you want. But uh, Ari does a great job making sure it's up right after the show. So if you missed anything, you can go back and check it out. Uh, also, Coach McDaniels was asked about leadership, in particular Devontae Adams' leadership and the fact that he's out there practicing. He's out there participating when he doesn't have to. He just got banged up last Friday, but he's being a leader. He has no excuses. That's his mentality. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a tough guy. Uh, he doesn't miss much time. You know, hasn't missed much time ever. And my experience with him, he doesn't miss any time on the practice field. And, you know, he's, he's played in every game. So, um you know, that's their job. They know it. And Devontae is a great example for everybody, um, you know, of just a guy who wants to go out here and compete against different competition, wants to get better, wants to improve. Uh, made a lot of good plays yesterday. Um, 
but, you know, it doesn't shock me at all uh, that he would do that. So there's Coach McDaniels talking about Devontae Adams, and it surprised me that he was out there because, again, he doesn't need to be. But, again, when we're talking about the standards being raised and the culture shifting, that's the kind of thing you want your leaders to do. So I shouldn't be surprised. But, again, everything that's happening right now with the Raiders, in my opinion, is something that's new to me as well. It's not like I scripted this, right? This is something that all of a sudden is coming to, to my attention. And when it comes to my attention is when I want to bring it to the table and speak about it here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So going on, how about Tyree Wilson? He made his training camp debut. He didn't go up against the Rams. It was just individual, you know, team drills. But, again, teams with the Raiders, not versus the Rams. But what did Coach McDaniels think of Tyree Wilson as he was out there for the first time? You know, it's different when you carry in pass, you know, in heat and a little humidity. Um, it's just different than, you know, being in shorts and a T-shirt and, you know, doing some workouts, you know, on your own. So uh, being able to, to lean on uh, some bigger bodies and to pass rush and some of those things, um, you know, it's just uh, you got to get used to it. All of us have to go through that acclimation phase. His is you know, obviously going to be a little bit more tempoed here as we go uh, just so we can make sure that we keep taking steps in the right direction. But, um, you know, he came out and did what we wanted him to do yesterday, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and do the same thing today. So there you go, and he did do the same thing today. Tyree Wilson participated, not against the Rams, but just was out there you know, going through some drills. Max Crosby was in his ear, kind of coaching him up a little bit. Defensive line coach was in his ear, coaching him up a little bit, and that's all you could ask for. Now, I don't think that he's going to play any on Saturday, and that's okay. I expect to see him out there next week at training camp, and then possibly maybe he'll get a little bit of run against the Cowboys to close things out, but I'm not even sure about that. But that was Coach McDaniels talking about. Tyree Wilson. Now, I was going to get to a couple more sound bites, but I got a tweet from Will, and I want to address this. Will said, how come everyone is saying this team is better than last year's, and everyone thought that they were a 10-plus win team last year, but saying they're a 6-9 win team this year? That's from Will. First of all, thank you for the tweet. And that's a really good question. And as far as last year's team, I thought they were a 10-plus win team. I said that on the show a million times. I thought that they were. I thought that the team the year before was legitimately a playoff team, and they were only going to build on that and be better. Now, I was wrong. I, I, was, I had no problem with saying that I was wrong. They were not as good as I thought they were going to be, and I don't really necessarily know if that team that made the playoffs was necessarily a playoff team, but they did make the playoffs, so you got to give them credit for that. Now, the reason why I feel different about this team right now, and I'm the first to tell you I don't know what they're going to do as far as wins and losses. I don't, right? And it's just it's a wait-and-see type thing. I feel like they could be really good if things go right for them, like Jimmy G stays healthy throughout the course of the year and the defense comes together like it looks like. But I also feel better about this year's team, and this is just me, and you don't have to you know, subscribe to this. What I'm seeing from practice with my eyes – when I'm seeing the defense flying around making plays, when I'm seeing the offense look like it could be really good knowing what else is on the way, that's what makes me feel good about this team. It feels like it, it feels different than last year's team. I witnessed last year's team in training camp as well. What I'm seeing is a team that's playing faster and a team that looks like that they know what they're doing, coaches included. That's why I feel like this team has a chance to be better. Now, they lost a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have lost last year. Also, right, in my defense, they only won six games. Week two should have been a dub. There's no reason you lose a 20-point lead in the second half. That should have been a dub. Thursday night against the Rams, there's no reason that you allow a team led by a quarterback that had been there for 12 seconds go 98 yards with no timeouts. 
That's a dub. So that's already eight wins right there. If you just look at those two, I could say Christmas Eve, you probably should have won that one in Pittsburgh when you had a lead at halftime. You lost the second half lead. I mean, they blew a lot of games last year. So why I feel like this team could be better, because I think the defense is going to complement the offense. I don't think that the defense would allow this, this uh, a team to go 98 yards with no timeouts to win a game like they did that Thursday night. I don't think a team, this defense is going to allow a team to come back from 20 points down at halftime. That's why, for me, that's the only reason I'm saying that. Everyone else, it's their own prerogative. You could look at this team and say, you know what, this team ain't worth a damn. They're only going to win two games. And I'm okay with that. That's your opinion. I'm just telling you why I think this team has a chance to be better. I don't know what it's going to be as far as wins and losses. I just think that the talent is better. They have guys that are out there making plays. I mean, just intercepting the ball in practice has got me excited because they weren't doing that last year. I promise you they weren't doing that. As a guy that was there at every practice, they weren't doing that last year. They're doing that this year. They're hunting the ball. That's what I'm calling it, hunting. They're expecting to get the ball. That, to me, is why. And that's, to me, what makes a difference. But thank you for that text because or tweet because I do think that that's a good question that probably you're not the only one that is wondering it. You're just the only one that asked it. And I appreciate that, Will. So thanks so much for that. Speaking of... Let's hook somebody up. We'll take a quick break, but let's hook someone up right now. 702-365-9200. Four tickets to an Aviators game. I'm about to get you qualified for that, and that's going to get you a shot to win the weekly grand prize in the final week of the Lotus Summer of Fun, trying to send you on a five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including the airfare to Miami, or you could just straight up take the $3,000 cash. All you got to do is be call 9 right now, 702-365-9200. You're going to get registered for, for those four tickets to the Aviators game one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Yes, it is that time. Uh, real quick shout out to Felix earlier as well as Jason just now who got uh, hooked up with qualification to win the four tickets to the Aviators game. And that gets them one step closer to our last trip for the Summer of Fun. Five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami and that airfare. All right. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Shout out to them. Yes. Uh, they so, can't go, I'll go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> or me. me. Q, Q, you have a lot of stuff to do. I'll, I'll take care of the vacationing. Right. Uh, I, I, we touched on this a little earlier. I think I know what your answer will be because uh, Tyler Dragon brought it up earlier. But Emmanuel Outro also says starting Anthony Richardson, game one is a mistake. Let him learn from others' errors first. The majority of great is another reason he gave. The majority of great quarterbacks don't start right away. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Rodgers, Jackson, and with Burrow, Burrow being the exception, who went 15-0 and his senior year. Uh, I always bring Caleb into this because he's a good quarterback from UNLV. Former quarterback Caleb Herring responded, not the worst, but definitely not ideal. Give a small window to figure out if a QB is a franchise guy before you have to pay him like a franchise guy. The only way to truly evaluate is to put him on the field. And since the Colts have really nothing positive happening, like like earlier, like Tyler alluded to, uh, and then Acho says they should bench him, so I guess I have tooth for you. He can learn from others' mistakes, and because the majority of great QBs don't start right away, are those reasons or excuses why it's a bad look for Anthony Richardson to start game one? You know, I, I could be on both sides of this conversation. That's what makes it so intriguing. I could see the argument for both. Um, I think... And it's so hard, man, because I think that Anthony Richardson needs what the most? Experience. Like, that's his biggest issue is experience. So he's only going to get experience by being on the field. Me personally, I think that they should have packages for him. I really do. But how much is he really going to learn from Gardner Minshew? Right? I mean, it's not like 
you have Alex Smith. Like, Patrick Mahomes had Alex Smith. All these greats that they're talking about. So I'm going to say excuse because now I just talked myself into it. It's good. <laughs> All these greats had someone that was good in front of them. Patrick Mahomes had Alex Smith. He wasn't no slappy, right? He was he was good. He just wasn't Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers had Brett Favre. He's a Hall of Famer, right? So, I mean, he, he did that. But Peyton Manning, didn't he start day one? For the most part, I think he did because he threw uh, record interceptions that year. He turned out okay for the same organization, right? Troy Aikman, when he finally got into the game, whenever he got into the game, he was terrible his first year. The Cowboys stunk. He turned out okay. So I think that, you know, like I said, it's really about the philosophy of your team. I can can make the argument for whatever. I thought that's why the Raiders were in good position to grab somebody. If they were going to grab somebody early, because they could let them sit behind Jimmy G. Not that he's great, but he's good. He's good, you know, and, and, and you can learn from him. Experienced, yeah. Right. Jalen Hurts just went to the Super Bowl. Guess what? When they drafted him, he had Carson Wentz in front of him. And Carson Wentz ain't great, but Carson Wentz was there. So they didn't have to throw him into the mix immediately. So, yeah, I mean, you could say that. But if you have Gardner freaking Minshew in front of you, what really are you lo- learning from him? Yeah, all right, well, I'll add one more thing, reason or excuse for this. I mean, they're looking at a really, really, really bad season, so does it matter if the guy just goes out there and he's not so hot? It does. Evaluations aside. No, no, it does, because you don't want to wreck him. Like, I get that. I get that side of it. You don't want to wreck him. You don't want to go out there and, you know, David Carr it up where he was in Houston and got beat up because he had no offensive line. I think the Colts have a decent offensive line. They have a really good run game. They have a, a, a pretty decent defense. So, I mean, it's not like they just – they're full – it's not like me and you are out there, a bunch of garbage cans out there playing with them. I mean, he's he's got talent, but he needs Jonathan Taylor back. That's Definitely, for sure. Yeah. So, there That's you go. Sure. All right, one more quick one. Uh, a few days ago, Johnny, Johnny Manziel tweeted, quote, there is nothing I want to see more than for Reggie to get his Heisman back. Reggie Bush, of course. Uh, I think what the NCAA did in the situation is complete – Blankety blank. He is one of the best college football players in history and deserves to be on the stage with us every year. This is still part of the quote, but reason or excuse, the only difference between my story and Reggie's is that my illegal activities did not start until after Heisman season. Is that a reason or an excuse? No, I mean, look, he's not wrong. I've never had a problem with anything that Reggie Bush did. I think it was criminal that they took his Heisman from him to begin with. Reggie Bush was the best college player in the game when he won the Heisman Trophy. There's no doubt about it. There's no denying that. I don't care that he got a house for his parents. His parents didn't help him destroy everybody on the football field while he was running in between the tackles or outside and going for a touchdown after touchdown. Reggie Bush single-handedly would make me stay in the barbershop so I could watch that game. Still remember the famous game against Fresno State where everyone thinks he stepped out, he got to the sideline, stepped, and then boom, went all the way across the field and ended up scoring a touchdown. I still remember that game. Reggie Bush was the best Blankety-blank player in college football. There's no reason why he doesn't have his Heisman Trophy. It is an absolute damn shame that the NCAA has it. It's a bunch of their terrible excuses on why they have it because he ain't the only guy that was getting you know paid oh, yeah. and taken care of or whatever the case may be. He's just the only one that got caught at the time or the one they paid attention to. So Boom. I think it's a terrible excuse why he doesn't have it. But that is that. And that also is a show. It's Radio 920. Have a good night.